0: Hebrews chapter number 9 this evening. We'll turn to the book of Hebrews chapter number 9. We've been coming through these decisions that we have to make in our life, the decisions that are asked, the decisions that God has asked us these questions, the questions that God uh, gives to us from time to time. And we've looked through some of those questions. We looked at how Jesus, who, who is Jesus? He asked the disciples, whom do men say that I am? And then he gets real personal. He says, well, who do you say I am? And we have to make a decision with that question, who do we think and who do we believe and uh, do we know who Jesus Christ is? And I thank God that I can say with both hands raised, I know who he is because he also knows me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I thank God that I've trusted him, placed my faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Uh, Thank God that He has given us uh, grace every day. Jesus Christ has given us that grace upon grace upon grace. His mercy is new every morning. Glory to God. God has given to us that mercy that we have. And then we're thankful for that. But we're thankful also that we asked that question uh, in Genesis chapter number 24. Is that Eliezer was asking uh, Rebecca to go with him. And he says, wilt thou go with this man? And I thank God that when the question was asked to me that, Would I go with Jesus Christ? Would I put my faith in Jesus Christ? I could answer, yes, I will go. Those same three words that Rebecca said as well, then, of course, we had a decision that we had to make of whether we would go to Jesus or not and accept that rest that he was given to us and would uh, bestow to each and every one of us. And so thankful that I also replied, yes. And I will be honest with you. I hope you understand and you get the gist of all these questions. The answer is yes. Go forward. Yes. Continue on. The decision is completely ours. We all have the decisions. We have to make those decisions. But that decision is go with Jesus Christ. Go with God Almighty. Go with Him every time. And in Hebrews chapter number 9 here tonight, we begin to see another. When we consider the questions that are asked in the Bible, we realize uh, that every one of them always demand an answer. And many times the wonderful Word of God will ask a question, but thank God He will give us the answer as well. James chapter number 4, verse number 14. The question is asked, what is your life? And in the very same verse, it tells us it is even but a vapor. It appeareth for just a little while and then it vanisheth away. Boy, we think that we have all this time on earth. And I'll be honest with you, when I was young... I thought, boy, I've got my whole life ahead of me. I've got all these years and I've got all this time and I'll do all these things and I'll be able to go here and go there and do this and see that and be able to accomplish this and accomplish that. And then apparently I topped the hill at some point. And now I'm picking up speed, going down the other side, it seems like. Get a little nervous. I had a, had one man say at 35, he said, you know, 35 is over the hill. I said, how in the world is 35 over the hill? I heard that 40 is the one that's over the hill. And he said, no, 35, God only promises 70 years. I said, well, thank you for that word of encouragement, my friend. Thank God that I know that uh, there's some folks that's living beyond. God is blessing through that, and thank God that we have uh, that uh, ability to be able to know that God has given us uh, that time. And the, but in the grand scheme of things, when we really think about it, our life is just that, just that vapor that appears for that little bit, and then it's gone. It vanishes away. But then those questions that God asked very, very pointedly, uh, uh, just like he did with Adam and Eve and how he has every one of us. But when we look at this, and I, 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 I love to have had those questions and answers that we have. And James, as he gives that to us, he tells us the question. He tells us the answer. How many of you struggled in school? Some of you, praise God. I sure did. Hallelujah. I'll be honest with you. Uh, we we, we I, I wish that I could have had the answer keys to all the tests as I was taking them. Did anybody else wish that you could have done that? I wish I could have done that as well. I wish I would have been able to have that because I would have been asking. Uh, I wouldn't have been asking all those questions. I would have been just going right through and answering every one of the questions correctly. Uh, I I have to tell on myself. There was a time where where I was I was struggling. And I was struggling in and Brother Jose. Would you believe it? I was struggling in Spanish. Anybody else struggle in Spanish? I struggle in it. Brother Barrios, he don't struggle a bit in Spanish. Praise God. But I struggled in Spanish, and I I, I was really having a hard time. And I was trying to. I was telling them the only there's only Spanish words that I could tell them was Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> Yeah, I knew those. But, uh, and then my teacher brought me to the side and said, listen, we've got a final exam that's coming up. And, and really, Shane, you've got to pass this test. If you don't pass this test, you're you're not going to really do well as the finished product and the finished grade. is. And so I need you to do this. And, and, and I said, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. I really, truly am. I'll study. I'll look at. I'm going to look at this book. It just... It's all Spanish to me. I don't get it, though. I don't understand, and, and, and I'm trying. I really am. So she said, listen, I'm going to do you uh, something I'm not gonna, I've never done for anybody else, and I'm going to do this for you, but you cannot share it with anybody else in the class. I said, yes, ma'am. She handed me, she said, this is your study sheet. And you, Shane, take it home, and you study this. There's 50 questions on here, and you study those 50 questions, and you study those answers, and if you just read and read and read and be able to look at that, then, then you'll do fine on this final exam. I promise you, you'll be fine on that final exam. Well, I took that paper, I said, thank you so much. You, you, you're just such a blessing to me, and, and boy, God's going to bless you, and, and I put it on thick, you know, I, I really did. And then she said, all right, you just, you just study that study sheet. Well, brother Steve, I took that study sheet home. And to be honest with you, I I looked at it once or twice or maybe three times. Kept on. I, y'all, this is taking a lot. I'm confessing to things that my mom and dad don't even know about right now. I'm going to get a whooping after service probably about this. Took home and... Took that study sheet. I, I recognized a few things, and then it came time for the final exam. I got my final exam set down at my desk. I was all nervous. I was thinking, Lord, would you please help me? Lord, help me to study. I, I love how kids, the Lord, help me and reveal to me, God, what I need to do. And I always pray for them now when I give them a quiz or test. I say, God, reveal to them what they have studied. They don't like that, praise God. But I say, I, I got that question. I got that test. I sat it down, and I looked at number one. I said, that looks familiar. Well, okay, let's go to number two. That looks familiar. And before I knew it, I started going through and I recognized that she had given me the test, the exam, with the answers. And all I had to do was read and remember and study those answers. Now, I will say this. I passed my final exam. So I did pass the class, praise God. But I did not do what I should have done. So many times we have the word of God that we have the questions that we are answered, the questions are right here, but then we have the answer key right here before us and God says you will do absolutely fine if you just go ahead and study this answer key, study this, the, the word of God, study it in the way that you need to, see the good news is that God has already given us the answer key to all the questions about all of eternity to all the questions about more in our life and fortunately we are not left to our own devices, we are not all left to our own whims of opinion when it comes to the things of God he also gives us in the word of God and reveals our condition to us he reveals the need that we need to have a a savior we need Jesus Christ he he provided that solution he also gives a solution and leads us to the solution and provides that solution for us and he even presents the solution to us to be able to see what it is that we need to have and we have to take him at his word But in Hebrews chapter number 9, look at verse number 11 with me. Verse number 11, the Bible says this. Look at the word of God, what the word of God has to say about this subject. Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. I love this verse's neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, I'll be honest with you, just getting right there ought to already start getting us right on the verge of shouting and saying amen and hallelujah and thank God, praise Jesus for what he has already done. But then it just gets better when we get to verse number 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh. Here's the question. Verse number 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the internal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Boy, what wonderful verses, what wonderful scripture that we have to be able to see this right here. Uh, to be able to see the promises that we have and that question that is asked how much more shall the blood of Christ? We could stop right there. And how much more can uh, uh, can God do? Boy, we know that we look around in this world and and there's not a whole lot that we could try to do. We try to do things in our own power. We try to do things in the power of our uh, own flesh. But boy, that is powerless, brother Lonnie. There's nothing that we can do that will ever satisfy God. But thank God, how much more can the blood of Christ, how much more can God Almighty do such wonderful things for us? And then as we look into this wonderful book, we look into Hebrews... There's a few things that stand out about this book, uh, uh, the book of Hebrews. That wonderful book lifts up the name of Jesus Christ. It lifts high the Savior. Boy, that needs to be uh, first and foremost. It places superiority of Christ and puts it on display and shows you how much better that Christ is than anything else. You remember that somebody could say, anything you can do, I can do better. Remember that old saying? The whole theme is better. As a matter of fact, 13 times in the book of Hebrews, that same word is used. I'll never forget, when the first days when I started going into seminary, I started going into Bible college, and they started telling me, listen, you're going to go through the book of Hebrews, and you're going to learn about the book of Hebrews, and this is the first thing you want to do. This is your very first assignment. They want you to go, and you want to read through the book of Hebrews, And then I want you to find every time the book of Hebrews, the word better is mentioned. And your assignment is to find out how many times it is used. Now, I'll be honest with you, Brother Oliver, right now, that's probably going to be a very easy assignment because kids today and people today have the Google. People today have these little search engines and these little things. But I actually had to go through and to be able to read and be able to find and go through that entire book. And boy, I highlighted it. I still have the Bible that I was using there. And, and I have it highlighted in yellow every time. And I found it that 13 times is the key word better is used. You say, well, where'd you find the very first one. Well, when you get to chapter number one, verse number four it's talking about how he's better than the angels, the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, you go through and you see all these things. It's a better than the angels. He's a better rest, a better things, better hope, better Testament, better priesthood. Glory to God. He's given us something better, a better covenant, a better promise, a better sacrifice, a better substance, a better possession, a better country. Glory to God. We've got something to look forward to a better resurrection. Glory to God that one day Jesus Christ is going to come and get us and pull us up out of this old, terrible world. And thank God that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And thank God that there's a resurrection that is coming. It is a better day because a better sacrifice and a better priest has come along through the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, you look at the better, the, the word better, you see that those 13 times. And here in our text, uh, right before us in verse number 14, as we begin to look in chapter number 9 in that text, we consider this question that's presented in the Bible. The context of the question is actually in consideration of uh, uh, the, uh, uh, efficient, or the efficacy of the uh, precious blood of Christ. When you begin to look at this and people say, well, what is efficacy or is it efficiency? Well, efficacy actually means that it actually gets the job done. It actually gets it done. It doesn't have anything else that needs to take place because of it. It is the ability to produce the desired amount or the desired effect. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient. The blood of Jesus Christ has got this done for each and every one of us. You say, well, what is the difference in efficiency? Isn't that efficient? No, the blood of Jesus Christ is not just efficient because the efficiency is simply this. That's the doing things the most economical way. If it were the economical way, it would not be the priceless, precious blood of the Jesus Christ that we serve. It wouldn't be that way. The blood of Jesus Christ is not a way. The blood of Jesus Christ is not uh, the, the best way that it cleanses us from sins. It is the only way to cleanse sinful man from the horrible stain from sin to be able to do that. And, I, and we cannot exhort the precious name of Jesus Christ enough to be able to say, Thank God for your sacrifice. Thank God for For your blood, thank God, that you shed your blood for each and every one of us that we might have eternal life. How much more? How much more? And we begin to look through these, and you say, "Well, what's so great?" And, and "And what is the most wonderful thing about the blood of Jesus Christ?" I'm glad you ask. I hope we have time to be able to talk through about what is so wonderful about the blood of Jesus Christ, because that is the only way that has brought sinful man up out of that horrible pit, and it's made us just, and it has made us righteous, so that we might have a holy uh, relationship with God. And it is the blood that sets us free from the bondage of sin. It's the blood that. Justify us, justifies us before a, a holy God. It's the blood that gives us access to be able to go to the Father and make our petitions known to Him. It is by the blood that we are able to do all of these wonderful things. It is blood of Jesus Christ is the answer. How much more? Well, what does it do? It redeems us. Mm. First Peter chapter number one verse number eighteen. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, and your vain conversations received by the tradition of your father. Boy, we couldn't buy it. We couldn't get enough uh, money to be able to, to do this. But it was in verse number nineteen. But with the precious blood of. Christ as a, li- a lamb without blemish and without spot, it redeemed us, it purchased us back, it brought us up out of a place where we could not get ourselves out of. Thank God that it redeems us every step of the way. I thank God that I can claim redeemed redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Thank God that I can claim that I have been redeemed, that Jesus Christ has brought me out of this sinful uh, uh, place. Thank God that I know that I don't have to go to a place called hell because God has redeemed redeemed me, purchased me. Like I say, that word redeemed is so much better than just uh, getting us out of the market, so much better than just saying that He'll pull us out and and buy us and, and to be able to do that. He will never put us back on the block. Glory to God, hallelujah. Never to be able to be sold again. I don't have to worry about Satan trying to put a bid on me because the blood of Jesus Christ has covered me and is sufficient that I might be redeemed before God. Not only does it redeem us, it relocates us. How does it relocate us, Brother Shane? How does it move us from one place to another? Well, Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, you were sometimes far off, I think about First Corinthians chapter number 6. When you go to First Corinthians chapter number 6, it goes through and it starts through this laundry list of things. Boy, these are the ones that are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. This is not going to do that. That's not going to be able to go to the kingdom of God. That's not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. These things. And boy, Brother Steve, when I look around and when I, I'll be able to see, boy, I, I see reflection. I think, oh my. You say, Brother Shane, you have some of those. Boy, all of us have to take the mirror of the word of God and look deep down inside of there. And you say, boy, if it was me, if I was uh, able to make it on my own, or if I had to make it on my own, I'm already on that terrible list of things that will never make it into heaven. But thank God, verse number 11 in chapter number 6, and says, "...but such were some of you." Were, glory to God, past tense. We were that. We were those terrible things. But God has saved us. God has given us, cleansed us in His precious blood. It relocated me. Boy, you were far off. But now you are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Thank God that I can have a great relationship. I can have a talk. Boy, I can talk to Jesus Christ. I can talk to God Almighty right now. How? Because I can put I've placed my faith and trust in Him, and the blood of Christ has been able to make me nigh unto God Almighty. I've been relocated. How many have ever been relocated to somewhere else? Yeah. Jobs, careers, families, Boy, it may be a scary thing, but I'm going to be honest with you. The day I got saved, I wasn't scared a bit. I was thanking God for what He had done for me. Boy, making me nigh unto Him through the blood of Christ. Thank God that it relocates us, redeems us, but then also it reconciles us. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 20. And having made peace through the blood of His cross. Boy, to, by Him to reconcile all things by Himself. God gave us the opportunity to be able to know Him, to be able to do this, to be able to have peace. That I was at war, I was at enmity, I was the enemy of God in my sin. But glory to God, Jesus did something great for me. He reconciled each and every one of us that we might know God Almighty. And through the blood of Christ, that is how uh, it is made possible. God gave His life that we might live. And I'll be honest with you, that astounds me every time that I really think about it. Boy, we think about that. He Himself. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, off the throne, came down and humbled Himself as a servant, as a man, and gave Himself that he might, uh, we might have eternal life. He gave the ultimate sacrifice for us. Himself, not somebody else. He didn't send somebody else, just like He's not going to send somebody else to come get us. Glory to God. Thank God that we have that, that He did it Himself. Revelation chapter number 1, verse number 5 actually says this. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, we can say amen to that. And the first begotten of the dead, amen to that. And the prince of the kings of the earth, amen to that. But look at this. Unto him that loved us. (laughs) Hallelujah. That loved us. I'll be honest with you. That word love is awful, tossed around a lot these days. You want, you want to talk about people, boy, young people that, boy, they just toss around that word love. And, and boy, I, I thought it was great. I, I, I was young and I was, I, was, I was in puppy love. Yeah, I'd already told you all about meeting Heather and how she kind of blew me off. and, and uh, But I persistence pays off, glory to God. Boy, she kind of blew me off, and, and, and I kept on at it. And boy, I was just thinking, boy, I, boy, she's pretty. Boy, she had green eyes, that long brown hair. Boy, that smile. She smiles. And Mama said, well, tell me about this girl you like. Oh, she's just, she just a girl. No, tell me about that girl you like. Well, she's got green eyes. Oh, you know her eye color, okay? And then she started taking notice. Well, what kind of hair? She got, well, she's got hair, amen. Amen. She's got long brown hair. It's pretty. Boy, It just silky, just flows as she walks past me, not paying any attention to me at all. It just flows beautifully. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hear you, laugh. Thanks a lot. Boy, then I started talking about her smile and how pretty her teeth were. Teeth are important. I'm going to tell you, teeth are important. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Boy, that word love is just thrown away, thrown around. And be able to see that, boy, love is just, uh, just blatantly put around. Boy, those teenagers, those young people, they say, Boy, I love you, and they, I love this, and I love... Boy, do we really know what love really, truly is? Ah, goodness. But Jesus Christ said that He loves us. Boy, and washed us from our sins in His own blood. What greater love? Greater love hath no man than this, that he had laid down his life for a friend. Boy, thank God that I've got a friend in Jesus Christ thank God that I have that. You begin to look through, and yet that verse just stands out to me. Why? Because I see the affection that Jesus Christ has on each and every one of us. The affection is that He loves us. Boy, the action that He took, He washed us from our sin. And then, boy, we look at the ability. It is in His own blood. It wasn't anybody else's. It wasn't anything else. It wasn't the bulls and the goats and the calves. It wasn't the turtle dove. It were none of those things, but it was the blood of Jesus Christ. There is power in the blood of the lamb. So when we get to our text verse, real quickly, we'll go through a few things real quickly that stands out in verse number 14 to me. Look at this. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works and serve the living God. Boy, this question is asked. This question is posed in the word of God. And it tells us that there's one thing that we need to have a reflection, a time of reflection. Boy, we reflect on this. How much more. Boy, we've been considering what was done in the past, and he was looking through those previous verses. He would say, look at these sacrifices that have been made. Boy, the sacrifice of these bulls and goats and calves, those sacrifices that day after day after day, boy, the stench of all that flames and, and the burning flesh, and it's all through there, and boy, the blood that's having to be spilled day after day after day. There's so much that's happening, but we can see that what has happened and what has been taking place in the past is not going to satisfy God that what God has been seeing and what we have been doing is not sufficient but thank God it could not though that it could not satisfy a holy God there's better there's something better that has to be done so there's a comparison that takes place the reflection is this what is the comparison how much more how much more can that blood of Jesus Christ boy those goats and those calves in verse number 12 they were used to cover the sins of those mankind. Boy, it would be there for just a little bit. As a matter of fact, those priests those priests, brother Joel, had to go in and sacrifice for themselves because they themselves were not worthy. They themselves were not sufficient to be able to satisfy God. So they had to go in. But there was a ceremonial cleansing and all it did was it just touched the outside. They could only cleanse that ceremonial defilement. Boy, they could cleanse that outside. They could cleanse that shell. But brother Earl, nothing was doing anything on the inside. All they were doing was cleaning on the outside. Why did Jesus Christ say, boy, you are just like some nice fine uh, pots that have been cleaned on the outside, but you've forgotten to wash the inside. But boy, thank God that there's something that came around. There's a better sacrifice that took place. A better way to be able to see what God has done for us. We consider the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and we find a cleansing that takes a deeper. Boy, it gets into the crevices. Boy, it gets into places that you didn't know that God would even go to. You didn't know that God was going to help you get rid of some of the things that he got rid of in your life but it goes deeper and beyond that surface and it enters the very center of you and it cleanses from within. Not of works which we have done, but is by the washing and regeneration of the Holy Spirit of God. I love the fact that that means that He's just washing and He's cleansing and He's taking care of. It doesn't matter what's going on in our life, but He's continually taking care of whatever's happening in our life. Thank God that we have a Savior. Boy, the blood of bulls and goats couldn't do it, but the blood of Jesus Christ has made all the difference For all of eternity. Thank God that we have that. That it's cleansing deep down inside. Of each and every one of us. But if we go on. We compare those two. We find that there is a clear champion. That takes place. That comes into view. What is that champion? The blood of who? Jesus Christ. How much more shall the blood of Christ. How much more can that do? There is a clear victor. During this contest. Now, we all, we, we all like, most everybody likes some type of sport, some type of thing. Some people like football. I never really understood men in types running after a pig. I don't get it. or I get it. I just don't follow it, don't like it. I understand the rules, but I just think it's silly. And then there's another sport, you play basketball. Guys running around, getting all sweaty, pushing each other around, trying to put a ball in a hoop. And, and I thought, I learned this, brother, I learned this one time, that a basketball, you can fit two basketballs at one time in the same hoop. And when you think about it that way, it's not all that impressive that they're making it all the time. Those two of them go away. But then, I like baseball. Some people, I don't, I don't know why, but they like soccer. I, some people like soccer. I, I I I really don't get that one. Boy, why are you running around all the time? I, I don't get that. Uh, some people like hockey. Now, I could get into hockey because I like to watch people punch each other. Amen. But you, you you see all these things. You We like to see that. But we always like to see that there's going to be a clear champion. There's going to be a winner at the end of it. Thank God that I lived in a day when I was growing up, you actually won and lost games. They don't do that anymore but they will lose at some point in their life. But thank God that we have a champion that comes into view. Boy, year after year, those sacrifices were made, but not this sacrifice. I want you to think about this, and if you have an opportunity this evening, when you get home from church and you think, boy, I want to study this a little deeper, study this a little further, I want you to go through the book of Hebrews or take out your tablet and, and highlight how many times that once or once for all that phrase has been used. Boy, you go through and you see that, you see that it's used, I'll go ahead and give you the answer. This is great. I'm going to give you the answer key. It's nine times. You say, what is so special about nine times? Well, when you begin to look at nine, we begin to look through what is nine, what, what things are in nine. Well, there's nine fruit of the Spirit that we think about. There's nine beatitudes that's giving. There's In 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, Paul actually goes through and gives us nine gifts that God uh, gives to the people of God. Then we also see that when we're looking at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and we see the Calvary, we see that Jesus Christ gave up the ghost about the ninth hour. You say, well, there must be something about that number nine. There must be something that that really truly means. Well, what could it possibly be? Well, it's simply this, that it shows a a completeness, a divine completeness uh, within what? Those Beatitudes, Jesus Christ laid it all out there. It's complete. This is what we need to do. Boy, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts that God gives to us, the hour that Jesus Christ died on the cross, He said that it is finished, it is complete. The divine completeness of God. This absolutely shows that the finality of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, nothing else is needed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Nothing else is needed. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to look anything up. I don't have to praise, uh, beg God that He would do this in my life. I don't have to go forward and say, I need this to happen in order to be saved because God has completed everything that I need on Calvary. Thank God in His divine completeness, He has done that. And boy, when we could reflect, we find that champion is Jesus Christ. So he's asking the people, why would you possibly, why would you go on and continue in these sacrifices? These sacrifices that have been taken for years and years and years. They've not done what you need, but he has. Those sacrifices that's been done in the past, but Jesus Christ did it once and for all and has done it sufficiently. Nobody else has to do. Boy, the reflection turns into something else that says that, well, we'll look on a little further. How much more shall the blood of Christ, but then what is the reason? Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot, to God. Boy, the price to be paid was far beyond what anybody else could do. Boy, you look over in Revelation chapter number 5, John is looking around and he begins to ask, well, who is worthy? And the, the people, the inhabitants of heaven are saying, is there any man that is worthy? And a lot of people say, well, we don't have to worry about this, but the question is, ask any man, but no man could stand up, glory to God. But there was one that could stand, and it is the Savior Jesus Christ. So thankful that He could stand. Only one throughout the universe could accomplish the sacrifice that was made, the sacrifice that we needed to be able to do that. You say, well, what makes it so special? That well, The reason is this, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself. Now, I'm, I'm going to try, I'm I'm try not to get into high weeds here, okay? Try not to get into a whole lot of discussion about this, but, but, but simply put, the animal sacrifices as they were raised, those people, those animals were raised to do that specific purpose. Boy, they were kept, they were taken care of. They were fed just right, a proper diet. They were taken care of and made sure that they were combed out just right. There was no blemish that was on them. They were not allowed to get out into the, the world, they were not able, allowed to get out into the weeds, and to get those blemishes, and cuts, and bruises, and problems that would bring, and that, that would make them uh, uh, unavailable for the sacrifice. But the biggest thing that was the problem was they absolutely had no will, whether they were sacrificed or not. <laughs> Lord to God, I won't be honest with you. When, when when I got a hold of this, I got a little excited. So I'm praying that God will let me get it out the way it's in me to and maybe y'all would get excited about it too. Because those animals that were taken, they went whether whether they wanted to or not. They went kicking and screaming. They were bleeding. They were holding on, but they were taking that rope and they would pull that animal over to the sacrifice. They would uh, drag them over there and they would pull them in and they they had no choice. They couldn't help but to be sacrificed. They had no way to be able to willingly lay down their life for the sacrifice that needed to be made. They could not and did not do that. But through the eternal Spirit offered Himself the very foundations of the world, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit of God, agreed in one mind and one accord and said that there is only one way that we would be able to redeem mankind. This amazes me, Brother Earl. This excites me, Brother Earl. Because when you really think about this, boy, even to know that God Himself knew that there would come a time where He would have to lay down His life, would have to suffer, be crucified, nails driven through His hands and through His feet, a crown of thorns that would be placed on His head, boy, the whip and the cat and nine tails and that flagrum that would be placed upon His back and He would suffer uh, unimaginably by uh, any way that we could think of, an account that we would think of, Boy, but yet he still said, they're worth it. They're worth it. Oh, glory to God. To be able to see that kind of sacrifice in that sort of way. Boy, those animals were not able, but God the Father, Son and Holy Ghost were in complete agreement that this must be done. And Christ offered himself. Absolutely gave himself the, that you and I might have eternal life through His blood, willingly laid down His life. Boy, did they take Him, and was He kicking and screaming? Or the Word of God, which I believe is without error, and the God that gave it to us says that He cannot and does not lie to us. He tells us that He willingly laid down His life, walked up that hill, boy, carried His own cross as far as He could, but then also stretched out His arms. Boy, I know, I could just imagine, boy, those people that were uh, being led, those thieves, boy, I bet they were screaming. I bet they were hollering. I bet they were doing everything they could to to be able to make sure that they pulled their hands back as far as they could, but not the Savior. Boy, I can see the Lord Jesus Christ Say, hey, I'm laying down there in my life that Shane Roy might be able to live someday. I'm laying down my life that Shane might be able to live someday. I'm laying down my life that Brother Jose would be able to live and continue on through the sacrifice that I'm willing to make. Boy, that is amazing. Boy, the reason. What is the difference? Boy, Philippians says it this way. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He gave his life For you and I. Willingly. Through the eternal spirit. Through the spirit of God. He gave himself for us. Offered himself. But that word offered. Is in the aorist tense. Okay. Every once in a while. You show a little bit. uh, uh, Of education. But I I was a little confused. So I called my son. That's in college. And said hey. You're taking Greek. Refresh my memory on this. And he did. Glory to God. And he said, yeah, dad, that's, that's good. That error's tense means, and I, and I remember this one, that's, it has been done once to never be repeated. <laughs> okay, y'all didn't hear me. It's been done once, never to be repeated. It doesn't have to be done. Remember, we've been talking in the earlier verses 11, 12, 13. Those verses, this is the sacrifice that had to happen time and time and time again. They had to go in daily and sacrifice those animals time and time and time again. But then all of a sudden, he says that, boy, through that eternal spirit, he offered himself. He gave himself. He allowed uh, mankind to be able to have that sacrifice that we might have eternal life through his blood. Boy, he offered it that it will never be done again. Why? Because his... (laughs) His sacrifice is the sufficient one that doesn't need anything else and need any other help. Glory to God, hallelujah. When I think about the goodness of God and I think about how great God is, when I look through that He is that willing sacrifice to lay down Himself, boy, and to be able to do that, that that He did that once and for all. Boy, we look at the worthy, the willing sacrifice that He has as the reason, but not only the willing, but He is the, the worthy one. Oh my, my goodness, I don't have enough time to go through. But boy, I think about Revelation chapter number 4, verse number 11. He says that worthy, thou art worthy. Nobody else is worthy. We get to Revelation chapter number 5. And John's asking, is there any man worthy? But then there was none found worthy over there. But then there was one that stood up. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, stood up. And he was the one that was worthy. Verse number 9, they sang a new song. And he is worthy. Verse number 12, thou art worthy, O Lamb of God. Praise God, the wonderful things that we have. There could be no sin, there could not be a stain, there could not be a blemish. Our, our verse says this, without spot could not be one spot on them. But the sacrifice of Jesus Christ comes into clear, plain view. He is the only one that is worthy. <laughs> you say, well, do we get any results from this? Number three, and we'll be done. The results that God has given to us. Look at the end of verse number 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Wow. Purge. I looked up that word. I wanted to look really into that word. And boy, it it means to cleanse But then it goes a little deeper. It means to to render pure. Wow. To purify. (laughs) To purify us. Now, I'm absolutely amazed. How I've seen people take water bottles. And they take some food coloring. And they take one water here and one water there and they place one drop of that food coloring in one of those bottles. And what happens? The entire bottle is contaminated. It's changed. You cannot do anything about that. Boy, once it's contaminated, there's no way. No way to be able to do it. You have to start over. You have to start Fresh. But God. (laughs) But God changes everything. But God makes a way. God is the one. Boy, He purges. He cleanses. He renders uh, pure. He purifies. His cleansing goes far beyond that surface. It sinks into that deep, dark place. Boy, I remember that little little song that, boy, there's a room. There's a little spot in my life that I wasn't ready to get rid of. And I, I wasn't ready to show and open the Holy Spirit of God too. But hey... When he takes up a boat, he doesn't just take a boat in in one or two of the rooms. When he takes uh, uh, ownership of you, he takes ownership of everything. Boy, when you move into a new house, it's not like you can't go into all the closets. You can't go into all the different places. You can go wherever you want when you've bought that house. Jesus Christ has bought this old vessel, and he gets to go wherever he wants to. And he cleans wherever he wants to, however he wants to. And that's exactly it. Boy, he's purging us, purifying us. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. It gets difficult. But the cleaning and the purifying of the child of God is a result that what God is able to do. Why? Because it changes the character of what we do. How is it that it changes the character? Purge your conscience from... Look at that. Dead works. Mm. Dead works. Boy, I, I, I love it. That... God, Jesus Christ, always, God always identifies uh, uh, idols to be dead. When you start looking through idols, God always talks about them and says that they're dead. There's nothing. There's no life in them. Boy, you look in Psalm 115. Boy, they have mouths, but they don't speak. They have eyes, but they don't see. They've got hands, but they don't touch you. They have ears, but they don't hear you. They've got feet, but they'll never be able to come to you. But hey, if you turn to the living God... Glory to God, hallelujah. You turn to the one that Jesus Christ has has made a sacrifice and and the one that He is. Boy, God alone is the only one that can do this. Boy, He cleanses us and and does that, but now He moves us from works that are dead and and that we're trying to do in our own power. And we're not able to do those things uh, through our own. Boy, nothing that we do, not of works. Once again, Titus chapter number 3, verse number 5. But now we are empowered by something completely different. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not what what I've been trying to do on my own. It's what God is doing through me. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit of God and it places within us. And boy, there's a power that we have and it changes our condition. From dead works to serving. Wow. There's a difference in doing works and serving. You work because you want to get paid. How many of you get up and go to work and say, you know what? When I get to work today, I'm going to tell my boss. Don't worry about putting me on the clock today. Don't worry about giving me any money for compensating me in any way, form or fashion. Because I just want to do this because I love being here. I didn't think we got any takers. Boy, there's there's so many times where we, we we can work and we can do these things, but then all of a sudden we turn from we're working to now we're serving. We're not trying to gain anything by doing this work so that we're dead, but we're serving because we serve a risen Savior, a worthy Savior. One that, you know what? I love Him. I want to do everything that I can for him. I want to be able to serve. I want to be able to hear those words someday, Brother Steve. Well done, a good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of heaven. What a wonderful thought that we have to do that. To serve, but then the best part is, who do we serve? A living God. One that does hear me, one that does see me, the one that does speak to me, the one that can touch me, the one that can come alongside of me. Boy, we're not putting those works out there to show off and show what God or what I'm going to be able to do. Why? Because a better sacrifice has come along. Jesus Christ has come along, and now I get to serve a living God. Boy, the results are great. But then look at verse number 15. Look at this real quickly. And I, I promise, I'm not preaching the whole verse. Don't, don't worry. I know some, some of you have just about passed out. Praise God. But for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. <laughs> Hallelujah. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called... They which are called... That's us. <laughs> I've been called by the Lord Jesus Christ. You say... Well, you've been called to preach. No, I was called to get saved before I was ever called to preach the word of God. You've got to get things in order. Glory to God. Thank God I have been saved. I've been called to be saved. That those which are called might receive the promise of eternal, or eternal inheritance. Because of his better sacrifice, which is sufficient, because of his blood that is powerful, because of that we have a mediator and we have a better day to look forward to. This place is not our home. Thank God I've got a better place to look forward to. And thank God all of us have a better place. A promise of an eternal inheritance. All because of the blood of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful promise that that truly is. Thank God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. God we thank you.